Praise the Lord.
understand we're talking about my chains are gone how many of you know that Christ has set you free I said Christ has set you free oh the blood of Jesus that washes me white as snow the Bible says oh come let us reason together though our sins were as scarlet anybody needed real good forgiveness in their life anybody needed washing real good Come let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as wool, white as snow. I've been set free. My chains are gone. I have the unending, unconditional love of Jesus Christ in my life and in my heart. I'm not just trying to be good. Oh, now you're not hearing me this morning. I, uh, I'm not preaching to people that got their ears on. Are you here this morning? I'm sorry, I just came off a week of revival at camp meeting and you're just stuck, okay? My chains are gone. God's unconditional love, his unfailing love is turning over and over down inside of my spirit this morning. I've not come in here to see you. You look nice, but I haven't come to see you. I've come into God's house to worship him and to honor him. And I won't let nothing steal that from me. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to lift up holy hands. I'm going to worship him with all that I am. My chains are gone. And I have been set free. If you've been set free, I want you one more time to raise this roof with some clap your hands under the Lord with some shout under the Lord with a voice of triumph giving him glory and victory in your heart and life my chains are gone Amazing grace. 
Sing this. grace the talk. Come on, do it. A heart to fear. Embrace my fears. They believe how precious is <laughs> that grace appears. The hour <laughs> I've heard is such a play. Yes, my chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns. just say right there what that means you know when you talk about the unending love of the Lord the unconditional love of the Lord that means ain't nobody any better than anybody else and what that means for you is simply this the Lord loves you I mean he really loves you he loves you as much in this moment as he did the morning or the afternoon or the evening that he placed you in your mama's arms when you were a newborn baby. He doesn't love you one bit less than he did that very hour. Amen. He loves you as much now in this moment. You say, oh no, you don't understand. I've lived a life. You don't even know where I've been. That's the awesome thing about an unconditional love. He doesn't care where you've been. He loves you right now more as much as he has ever loved you in your entire life right this moment. So you got a right to praise the Lord and you got a right to lift your hands. You're as good as anybody else on the earth. If you've accepted Christ Jesus into your life and you did it 10 minutes ago, you're as loved and as secure in God as anyone who's ever served him 50 years. That's unconditional love. Amen. Amen. One more time, let's give the Lord a great round of applause and praise. The Bible says clap your hands. The Bible says, clap your hands. Talks about that. It says, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. You know what that means? When we shout, we're not just shouting to shout. We're not just shouting to make a noise. We're, we're shouting this. You know, when I have won the ball game or I have won the war, I, man, I'll let out a victory cry. I'll be like, you! Somebody says, Pastor, don't do that. <laughs> Shout unto God with a voice that says you win. How many of you know you win this morning? We win. We win. The devil thought he had you, but Jesus reached out and grabbed you, and he rescued you. Oh, man. I'm not supposed to preach yet. That's all right. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Turn to somebody and say that it's hot in here today. The fire of God is here. Amen. Amen. Who's coming to do the welcome? Come. Come on. Is that you? Amen. We're excited to be in God's presence today. Amen. Amen. 
No place we'd rather be on a Sunday morning. It's so wonderful for all of us to get together. This is an exciting time around our church. Not only is the Spirit of God here, but there's so much happening. We got this new building that's going up, getting ready to open. It's just a wonderful time, and we are thankful that you are here, especially if you are newer or new to our church today. Thank you so much for coming and being with us. We are going to have a wonderful day. We're going to start it by getting out and welcoming each other into the house of God, and we're going to do that right now. Let's welcome each other.
Hi, guys. Hello. Wow. Well, you're getting a little taste of what went on this week at the VBS Cave Quest. We good? All right. Once you give it up one more time for all of our kids and all the. And what a week it was. Of course, I was up at the camp meeting in Columbus, but I kept getting reports and pictures and then came back on Thursday and Friday to see what was happening here. And I'll tell you, when I walked in Thursday, I couldn't believe all the kids. And I love the cool cave. Did you guys go in the cave? Did you like that? Me too. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> she said, Hi, Pastor Ray. It was awesome, and that cave was especially cool. I found myself in there looking for treasure. I've been actually looking for it this morning. I needed more. <laughs> but it's, so, it's been such a great week, and, and we wanted to give them the opportunity to, to kind of shine for you and let, let you see what they were all about this last week. And want to appreciate all the workers, all the leaders. This place was jam-packed full of kids, and they did a wonderful job. All their leaders, including the leader, Carolyn Perfetti. Would you give it up for Carolyn this morning? Amen. Great job. Wanted to, wanted to tell you a little bit about, about something, why we got all the kids here and why we've done this. We appreciate them being up here and helping us today. And uh, wanted to appreciate, I'm going to come over here where she's at. Carolyn has been, well, a part of this church, my goodness, far back as I can remember. I was back here in 1981. I think you were here then. So that was 38 years ago. She has been, she has always served. She's always serving, always doing a wonderful job. And Carolyn took on, I mean, she really wasn't looking for it necessarily, but 18 years ago, uh, there was need of a children's pastor in our church. And she just said, if you can use anything, God, you can use me. And she loved children and loved ministry to children. And so she stepped in. She has served us faithfully for 18 years as children's pastor of our church. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, she, I, I said this at 830. She is one of the most faithful and one of the most hardest working folks that I've ever met. She, you don't give her something that she doesn't go all the way. I mean, she literally gives 150%. She's never uh, done anything and, and, and it just be mediocre or average. She's always went above and beyond. And she's always completed and finished. And she's the first one here and the last one here. I said she's like the sun coming up in the morning. You always know Carolyn Perfetti is going to be hard at work doing what she does. And she is she has agreed to uh, we're going to be working a, a different transition in the church. She's not... Going anywhere, we would, we would absolutely lasso her and tie her to a rock if that was ever going to happen. But what we've asked her to do is she's going to be moving now into our new building. If you notice, there's a whole new wing that's committed and dedicated to our nursery, toddler, pre-K, and, and uh, ministry area. Carolyn is going to be moving and transitioning into that area with Stephanie Miller. Stephanie and her are going to be co-directors trying to organize and get that completely administrated and, and give us a brand new program for the toddler pre-K and nursery area. And so she's going to be doing that at the opening of the new building. And so that's a transition for her. The children's ministry is going to be moving to five team leaders that are going to be working there. And they're going to be hard at work at carrying on a brand new program for our children. But we want to thank her. And as we 
transition and move her into a new area of ministry, we want to get behind her and support her 100% for all she's doing. As a matter of fact, today in our offering, I want us to bless and touch her with a love offering today that thanks her for the work that she's done throughout all these 18 years. And as well, I would like to encourage you this week or whenever you have an opportunity to stop by and get you a Hallmark card somewhere and just write your appreciation. Maybe your kids have come through the program and we want you to be able to thank her personally and that might even include maybe a gift card or two to your favorite restaurant. That would be awesome. But we want to say thank you to Carolyn. Thank you that you're always willing to help us as we progress and move forward and try to transition and change the ministries and make things better and better and better. We would not be right here with all these beautiful faces up on this stage. We would not be where we are today had not Carolyn Perfetti stepped up and helped us in ministry all these 18 years. We're ready to move into a uh, a transition and, and hopefully a future that we have never seen before and that's because this lady has been faithful to serve this local church so one more time I want you to help me to thank her and to support her as she moves and transitions God bless you I'm really excited to get to go back to the nursery area. Um, as he said, I've been here 38 years. 18 was in the kids' church, and 20 of it was at this church in the yeah in the um, children's ministry. But I remember my personal testimony is at the age of three, I was saved. And if anyone would ask me what my goal was in life, it was always to make heaven my home. And I pray that that's what we can instill in our babies and that it can follow them through the whole time of their ministry as well. So thank you for letting me have the opportunity. And we're going to class. Amen. Thank you, Carolyn. And thank you to our team leaders that are going to be stepping into place to help us in children's ministry. We'll be telling you about them in a few weeks. Some of them have gone this morning to Alaska. But we also want to thank and appreciate Stephanie Miller, who has stepped into our nursery program a year ago. She's been doing fantastic there, and it's developing in such a way that Carolyn has agreed to join her, and the two of them are going to spearhead an excellent brand-new programming for our new, our new building. It's going to be exciting. So can I hear a good amen out of anybody? Amen. amen. God bless you. Thank you. Bye, kids. <laughs> Great job this morning. Would like to begin this morning uh, with a word of prayer. If you wouldn't mind just to stand with me for just a moment. <laughs> the mission team, the Oasis mission team, 35 young people and leaders are right now somewhere flying over the United States as they're heading to Anchorage, Alaska. I got pictures of them on the plane at Chicago a few minutes before service and they are now in flight as they're headed towards Anchorage, Alaska. They've got a, a unique and wonderful opportunity. They're literally going to be ministering to every age group from the small kids all the way to the teenagers for the entire church of God in Alaska. They're doing every camp. And so they are gone, they're ready, and they're planned, and they're prayed up, they've been fasting, and they're prepared. And I want us in a prayer this morning to continue to pray for them 
And I want you to help me. I want to know those of you who would say, you know, Pastor, they're going to be gone every day this week. I want us, I'm going to be a part of the team that's going to be praying for them every single day. That they will be safe. That they'll be anointed. That the Lord will open up opportunities. And the presence of God will guide and direct them all week long. Would you help me? Who would say, I'll join that team of praying for our young people? Amen. Thank you so much. We're going to pray now and ask God's protection and his blessing to be on them. They're so excited. Missy tells me that they were supposed to be here at 3 a.m. this morning. And she said they were all here, most of them, by 2. And they were completely packed and ready to go by 3.15. And all of them but one adult leader was there. <laughs> they had to call the adult leader. <laughs> but all the young people were, were in place and excited and ready to go. The only problem I had is that I wanted to be with them. I love mission trips. Let me just say this. If you have never been on a mission trip, then we're going to work hard to get you into a place where you can do that. When I, the first mission trip I ever went on completely transformed and changed my life. The first time you're able to go and see, feel, and, and touch the pain and the sacrifice of others around the world, when you get to move out of your own comfort zone and see what it's like somewhere else, Man, it, it messes you up in a good way. We live our lives sometimes so enclosed in our little world that we don't understand what most of the other world around us, what they're going through and how they live. The first time I saw about six or seven little girls running out into an intersection where there were five lanes of cars and they were trying to get people to, to buy them with parents standing on the street corner there encouraging them and telling them to go to that car, go to this car. They would sell, some would sell things, some would sell themselves. When I went to an orphanage and there were 42 girls and I was told about the story of one of the girls that she had been raped and sold as a prostitute from the age of five years old she was eight now. They found her on the side of the road, picked her up and took her to the Church of God Orphanage and nursed her back to health. And she was running around smiling and laughing with the other kids. I took her card and I kind of adopted her to support. And I wanted to, I said, one of the things I said to the, to the staff lady, I said, I said, listen, how many others have stories like Sista? And she looked at me kind of confused. And she said, all of them. I said, wow. I'm telling you, mission trips will change your life. If you've not ever had the opportunity, I'm, I'm going to be praying. We're going to be working through the years to try to get every single one of you on a trip somewhere where you can be used of God and anointed of God to minister to other folks. It's one of the greatest things you'll ever do in your life. But what we can do right now is pray for our kids. And so I want us to do that. And while you're standing, I also want us to pray for Israel. I want us to pray for the United States of America. And I want us to pray for Orlando, Florida this morning. At last report, 50 are now, have now been killed in the attack that happened overnight. 53 are in the hospital. And we're just praying that God will, will touch and minister to comfort the families of those who are hurting. It has been connected as we know it now in the news 
uh, to some kind of a terrorist attack. And so I want us to just continue to pray and believe that God's going to comfort and bring safety to our country. How many of you know we're living what the Bible says is perilous times? This is perilous times. For many, many, many years, we saw it in other places around the world. Well, the Bible says in the last days, men's hearts will fail them for fear. It's come home to America. We need God. We need one another. And we need not fear because God's angels and God's Holy Spirit is still sovereignly at work in this earth. So we're going to have a word of prayer for these needs and all that we've mentioned. And I would ask, is there anyone who would say, Pastor, remember my family. Remember me this morning. I need prayer. Okay. Let's pray together. Father, as we come before you, we come asking you to minister, Lord, to all those who are hurting this morning. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would touch the families of those who have been killed, that you would minister, Lord, to those who are in the hospital, that your work be accomplished, God, to bring peace to that city comfort to those families, Lord, and to touch all of us in America who have been hurt by this news. I pray that you will minister, Lord, to your people and cause such a revival of trust and faith in you that we'll turn to you in our time of need. I pray in the name of Jesus this to be done to your glory and honor. We thank you, Lord. We trust you. We ask your angels to be around us. You said your angels would encamp round about those who love you and fear you. I pray that you will touch and minister today in every need. We pray over our young people on fl in flight right now headed to Anchorage. I pray that you will anoint them and keep them safe, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I pray over them protection, and I pray over them the presence of God. I pray that your work and your will will be accomplished through them, through every heart and life, through all of the children they'll be ministering to all week long. I pray that they'll come back just loaded down, every pocket filled with testimonies to the goodness and the glory of God. We will never fail, Lord, to thank you for it all in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, Lord, we ask you to meet the needs of your people. Touch every hand that was lifted up, every heart and life that needs your touch today. We're believing and asking for this to be done. And, Lord, we'll never fail to ask you to keep your hand on Israel, to touch and minister to your, your people there. Minister to sons and daughters, grandmothers and grandfathers, families, friends. Keep them safe in their borders. And, Lord, we seek the good and the peace of Jerusalem. We ask this this morning in the name of Jesus as we don't fail in a moment to mention our own country at a pivotal time, Lord, when our election is coming. I pray in the name of Jesus that your will, your sovereign will, will be accomplished and done as you lead and protect and guide your people and touch America, Father. We ask for the blessings of God to be with us. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we ask it and we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated.
you to look at this pretty thing. She beautiful. This is little Adeline. This is her very first Sunday at her home church. Would you make her welcome and be a part? This is Mandy and Andrew's son, or daughter. <laughs> Sorry, don't be mad. In that dress, <laughs> you're definitely a little Adeline. And beautiful. Thank you for sharing her with us. Thank you for being here today. We've accomplished a lot in a few minutes. But we are uh, going to be moving into the presence of the Lord and the power of the Word of God preached this morning. Josh Boyer is here. Josh, thank you for all you've been doing. Um, for our product, our, our, our uh, uh, cinema, the, the DVD from our 100-year celebration. If you uh, ordered one of those, they are available today. They'll have them out at the uh, information booth. If you didn't get one, I'm sure you can talk to him about, about the potential for that. We're so excited about this. It, it took a little while for it to get done, but man, you got to understand, this guy has got a full business with this, and he has put together a second to nothing, beautiful historical documentary on the history of this 100-year-old church, and it is just excellent. As I watched it, Josh, I was in tears, and it's just beautiful to have. As a, as a milestone and a memento of our congregation, this will be something that we'll keep forever. It'll go down in history with our church. So I encourage you to go by if you ordered one. They're here. You can go by and pick yours up today. Also, you can talk to them about getting your copy of that. Our ushers are coming to serve you. And as they do, I mentioned briefly that we would be giving, instead of missions today, we're going to be honoring and a gift to our children's minister, for 18 years, I want you to help me to honor her and the sacrifice and the work that she's given to our church. Very, very few times have we stood in front of you and, and asked you to bless uh, our, our staff members all around the church, and, and we don't do that very often, but in this particular instance, I want to thank her for the great work that she's done. It's just a way to say thank you. And then I want to encourage you with cards uh, this week to just share your thoughts and your heart with her about all that she's done for our church and what she's done for our kids. I tell you, people like Carolyn Perfetti don't come along very often. And out of the, all the folks that we have at our church, she is one of the very most faithful that has ever, I've ever known. And I appreciate her so much. And so she's so willing to help wherever we need her. And I appreciate that as well. Let's pray. Father, as we come to you, we thank you and ask you to touch and minister as we desire in our congregation today to bless Sister Carolyn Perfetti, we ask you, Lord, to not only just let it be a blessing, but let it meet needs in her life. I pray that it would be a way for our church to just, in a very small way, appreciate the years and the sacrifice that she's given to our children for the kingdom. I pray that you'll minister to her and touch her life, and thank you, Lord, for her commitment and dedication to continue ministry. And just wherever the, the transition is needed and wherever she is willing and able to help, we thank you, Father, for her and her dedication today, and we honor that in our gifts. We thank you for those who are faithful to pay their tithe, Lord, that in obedience to you and to your word, and to give in our building project as well. 
In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask all of these things. And thank you, Lord. Amen.
of you can testify this morning, the Lord has been faithful to you. He has been faithful to your family. No matter what you've been through, no matter what trials, troubles, good times, bad times, we have found that the Lord is as sure as the sun coming up in the morning. He is faithful to us. Taking our text this morning from John chapter 13 and verse 34 and 35. Don't you appreciate our Abilities First group that's always with us on Sunday? We love you guys. Hey, buddy. That's my friend right there. <laughs> that's awesome. Every first Sunday of the month, we, we get to host the Abilities First group that comes. And what they do now is they like our music, but I think they like their service better. They have, they're going now to have a service. Uh, Sister Cindy and Amanda and several of these folks will be helping them and teaching. And, and I think they get food, too. So I think that's one of the main reasons. I'm going with you. <laughs> but we love them, and, and they're always a part of us and always get to come in and be with us during our worship time. John chapter 13, verse 34. Then I'm going to read from 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 22. I've got a message for this morning that the Lord gave to me. As I was at the camp meeting last week, I was going in a different direction, and the Lord, it was on Tuesday, began to speak to me about this service. So I want you to stand for the reading of God's Word, and then we'll get you seated. John chapter 13, verse 34 begins and says, it's Jesus speaking. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. I'm going to let that sink in for a moment. Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, did you hear that? He didn't say, love them like your mama. Love them like your state farm, your good neighbor. He said, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. If you start thinking about how Jesus loves us, that's a pretty steep and amazing testimony to our love for our brothers and sisters and how it should be. By this, by this, all will know that you are my disciples. If Say the word if. If you have love one for another. Wow. I mean, does that really speak to you today? Do you get that? If you love others like I loved you, others will know you are my disciples. Pretty amazing. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 22 since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever, because all flesh is as grass, all the glory of man as the flower of the grass the grass withers and the flower fades away but the word of the Lord endures forever amen 
Now this is the word by which the gospel was preached to you. Father, we ask your blessings on your word. I pray that I will step out of the way and in the next few moments you will speak to this congregation through the calling over my life that, Lord, we'll hear from you, that we'll, we'll be changed by it, and that, Lord, your work will be accomplished and done in the service today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. It was just a few months ago that I walked into Mercy Hospital in Fairfield. I had gotten word that Brother Les Daniel was given, uh, given the, the bad news that things were no longer, they were not able to help him. and They were going to send him home with hospice care. And it would be about three days from then that he would go to be with Jesus. I got the word, it was about 7, 7.30 that evening, and I, I took off down to Mercy Hospital, and I, I walked the halls and found his room, and when I walked in ICU, I, I looked over and I saw in his room, he was sitting in his chair, the table was in front of him, and he had his head down on his table, and he was weeping, he was praying. And of course, my heart broke in that moment, they had just received the news, an ambulance was going to be taking him to the house. And the family had already left and went ahead of him to go and prepare the house for his arrival. And it was just me and Brother Les. I walked in, I, I looked at him and I said, Brother Les? He looked up and he said, hey, preacher. And I said, you doing okay? And he said, well, not so good. He said, but that's not what I'm worried about. And he said, sit down. So we sat down and he began to talk and share about his prayer and what was burdening and hurting his heart. Now I thought he was going to talk, Jamie, about his sickness and what the doctors have said. I thought he was going to go into, you know, this is the hardest thing of my life. Pastor, pray with me that I'll have the strength or I'll have the endurance that I'll be able to get through this. And he said, I'm worried about my wife. He said, I'm broken over my, my babies, my kids. He said, I want them to be okay. He said, now you've got to help them to be okay. He said, you've got to do your job. That's your job. And he said, I want to pray that I'll be a good example in my suffering. And when he said that, it struck me. And I thought, wow, are you kidding me? You want to be a good, your prayer, here you've been given this news, you've been given this information, you've been told there's nothing more we can do for you, we're going to send you home, and your prayer is that I be an example to my family during my suffering. One of the most beautiful things I've ever heard in my life, I wrote it down in my journal and in my Bible. Now, I'll never forget that night ever. It spoke to me about something that this scripture text speaks to me about and to us about. When Jesus looked at us and said, love one another. As I have loved you, so you love one another. 
this kind of mentality, this kind of, of, of requirement, this kind of characteristic of the child of God is something we need to discuss today. I thought while I was at the camp meeting, and it was so wonderful, I, I enjoyed it. You know, as, as pastor, I don't get a lot of church you know, when it comes to, I don't attend like you do in that respect. I'm always kind of preparing and giving and doing the preaching unless we have a guest. And, you know, I enjoy our praise and worship. But many times it's about coming to give on Sunday instead of receiving. All week, what I love about camp meeting is that it's a time when all the pastors get to come together, Sister Liz, and we get to be, we receive. We get good preaching. And I'm going to tell you what, goodness gracious, if you can get anything from the camp meeting, I want you to find Monday night's sermon from Brother Raymond, Dr. Raymond Culpepper. This man preached what I consider to be the single greatest message on the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the need of the Holy Spirit in the modern day church that I have ever heard in my life. Definitely worth you going to the Ohio Church of God page and trying to get that message. It was unbelievable. I, I was moved by it. I was touched by it. And it transformed me. And I thought about it. It got me stirred up. I was thinking about, you know, Sunday's coming. Here, I've already gotten blessed. It was Monday night, and I was already having camp meeting. So, go into the morning services. We get preaching morning and night, morning, night, morning, night for five consecutive services. And it was just wonderful to receive, receive, receive. And then I got to say, wow, did exaltation and the orchestra blow it out Wednesday night. It was awesome, man. I was sitting there so proud. One of the state youth director's wife, Sister Jan, it was, wasn't it? It was great. They did a wonderful job. I was so proud. I was trying not to be prideful and have to repent. So I was just trying to be careful. But I sat there, and Sister Jan Wright tapped me on the shoulder, and she said, she goes, you better unbutton that jacket. <laughs> I said, you're right. They're about to pop. <laughs> they, they did so amazing. The state overseer, our administrative bishop, looked over at me, and he wouldn't mind me saying this. He said, I'm telling you, you've got one of the best of one of the best churches in the church of God. And he shouted the rest of the night, every song they sang. It was, it was wonderful. I was so proud of them, proud to be their pastor, proud to be a part of all of that. I, I was so pumped up, I was ready for today. I was like, I can't wait to get home. Because, you know, it's like, that's good, that's wonderful, but it, when it fills you up, you can't wait. Brother Robinson, you were a pastor for many years. You can't wait to get back to your house. You know, you want, you want to get in here, and I, I couldn't wait for our service today. I thought, Lord, after being at camp meeting, I'm all fired up. What are we going to talk about? Let's talk about the fire. Let's talk about the Holy Ghost. Let's talk about putting something together, the strategies for this new building and the Clayton Street Mission. And Lord, what do we do? How are we going to build this congregation to touch this city and transform the world for the kingdom of God? How are we going to do this, Lord? spoke to me and he said, I'm going to take you back to my word and we're going to talk about love. And I began to listen to the Lord as he spoke to me about love. He said, you'll build for my kingdom if my church will love. And I said, anything else? He said, nope. That's where you start. I'll do the rest. Love. A 
Pastor Ortiz at the Crystal Cathedral told a story about, or someone else told a story about him. He talked about that he, he was preparing a message on love. It was in an article. And then he had said he had prepared message after message, and somewhere 15 to 20 different times he had preached on love one another in his church. And he said as he prepared it all, he spent hours getting it ready, putting his notes together, as I've done this morning. He said he looked at it all on the final product, and he said, Lord, I have preached on love countless times. And people are still self-absorbed, self-centered, some cases attitude adjustments needed, even some who are just plain mean. He said, Lord, I've preached on this over and over and over again. How many times must I continue to preach this message? And he's quoted as saying, he was kind of upset. And the Lord led him into that service. And when he got there, he took his notebook up and he thought that he would preach the message. And he closed it. And laid it down. And he walked out to the crowd and looked at them and he said, Love one another. And he went and sat down. And everyone looked at him, and they were like, waiting. Okay, that's the title of your message. Okay, what, what's next? He, they sat there quiet, awkwardly quiet. They all, kind of, kind of like you are right now. <laughs> they, he didn't know what, they didn't know what to do. And suddenly he got back up. And he went to the pulpit, and he looked out at the crowd. And he said, love one another. He turned and walked back to his seat and sat down. Time went on. They started to murmur. They started looking around. Somebody was thinking, has the pastor lost it? What are we doing? Somebody get up. Where's the deacon? Somebody call a deacon. Somebody get somebody in charge to do something here. The pastor's lost his mind. He's just letting us sit here. There are 6,000 people strong. They're all sitting there quiet and murmuring to each other. And he finally gets back up and he walks over to the pulpit. When he gets to the pulpit, he says, love one another. He turned and went back and sat at his seat, picked up his Bible, and walked out and sat in the crowd. He was done. And by this time, people are, some are getting up, some are talking out loud, some are, they're murmuring all over the congregation until one man finally stands up. He stands up and he turns around and says, hey, I think I know what the pastor is wanting us to understand this morning. And he turned around and he looked at this gentleman sitting in the pew and he said, hello, my name is... Ted Parker, what's your name? And they begin to share. And they begin to talk. He said, I think the pastor wants us to love one another. And I, I can't love you if I don't know you. 
they started shaking hands and going down through there and talking to people and having conversations. The rest of the congregation started standing up and moving around to different groups and they were talking and sharing. They started exchanging phone numbers and they're talking about their kids and where they're going to go and what they're going to do. And a group over on this side over here found out there was a, a family that a mother was dying and they needed to go back to their hometown and they didn't have the money. And so this whole area over here said, hey, anybody got any extra uh, finances? Let's pull some finances together. and get the, They're trying to get to a mom who's, who's dying. And next thing you know, they raised all the money over here in that part of the service and, and, and had enough. And, and another guy over here was said, well, man, pray with me. I, I don't have a job. You don't have a job? Hey, Albert, you got, you got that job. You got that, that employment office over there. You, you hiring anybody? Yeah, I'm hiring. Hey, come on over here. Meet this guy. Next thing you know, he's got a job. And they're walking out together. And they're planning all these. They're all getting together. Everybody's going to dinner. Everybody's going to a cookout. Everybody's having a good time. The next thing you know, the whole place is filled with laughter and roaring talk as people are getting to know each other and moving across the whole congregation. And one of the gentlemen got up at the end and walked up to the pulpit and he says, I don't know about you folks, but I think this was the best sermon our pastor has ever preached in the history of this church. Love one another. Love one another. One of the most important principles of God's word is loving each other. And Jesus said, interestingly enough, he said, a new commandment I give to you. Now, I thought about that, and I wrestled with this, and I thought, Lord, I got to understand more about what that means because it really wasn't new. I mean, I remembered when Moses came off the mountain, and he had the Ten Commandments in his hand. It said, thou shalt love the Lord your God. They said, and thy neighbor as thyself. I mean, you told us, Lord... In the commandments, the Ten Commandments, that we needed to love God and love people. You told us that. So how is this a new commandment? Except for one thing. He said, love your neighbors yourself. But when you do it, a, a study on that, we, Brian and I were talking about this. And we were looking it up. And I was trying to look it up on the internet and try to find the differences between the loves. And it was so simple. It was that Jesus was saying... I don't want you to just love neighborly. I don't want you to just shake hands on Sunday. I don't want you to just barely know anybody. I want you to start getting intimately involved in a brotherly, in a family kind of way. I want you to love with compassion to meet the needs of those around you. There's a difference. The neighborly love, the acquaintance love, the I'll be kind to you love, is the, the neighborly love is what Moses had. But what Jesus was talking about, he was saying, I want you to look into each other's faces. I want you to get into each other's lives. I want you to become acquainted with one another in a family kind of way. We are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. He's wanting us to understand that we must we must take, you know, you look at what's happening in the world today, the terrorism and all the stuff that's happening everywhere as we're in perilous times and in the end times. But we've got so many folks that are so steeped up in their own issues and in their own world. Their trouble is giving them trouble because all they do is sit and be consumed with the trials and troubles of their own thoughts and minds. You've got so many folks who are all about themselves and it's 
bled over into the body of Christ to where now we find ourselves. We can come to a church like this. We can sit here week after week, year after year after year, and not really love one another. Because we all know each other. Part of the reason why it's been, questions been asked many different times. Why are you doing that cafe? What's, what are we doing a cafe in a church for? In the new building, one of the areas, you'll find a little seated area in a beautiful little place inside and outside, a little patio area where they'll, there'll be a place for you to pick up a cup of coffee, have a croissant or a donut or something. And somebody says, bless the Lord, we ought not to have that in the house of God. Well, all I know is I've been part of this church for 38 years, and every Sunday school class I ever was in, clear back to 1980, was it they had donuts or they had orange juice or they had something in the classroom. We had them all over the place. As a matter of fact, I've had more pizza in youth group than I'll ever need in my life. <laughs> Don't worry. We're not bringing it into the sanctuary. We're here to have church this morning, but afterwards, or maybe an hour before, we wanted to give you a place, a place where we can make connection and have fellowship, and you can talk to one another, get to know one another, fellowship with brothers and sisters, and become family together. The Bible says when Jesus set up the first church in Acts, you talk, you read where it says in Acts chapter 2, it talks about how they went to the synagogue, but they also went house to house breaking bread. Fellowship of the body. Love. Reaching out. It's hard. Trust me, it's very difficult in a church like this. We have over 1,300 members on the roll and over 1,000 that tend on any given weekend. It's hard and very difficult for one pastor or even many pastors to take care of all of it. It's not, it's not supposed to just work that we all, you know, I run and I'll do dinner with 20 families. Brian, you take 10. Melissa, you take 6 and we'll try to get this done by today. It's not like that. It's not supposed to be like that. Although that's good. We love to do it. And we'll keep on doing it. But Sister Peggy is supposed to meet Sister Alice, and y'all are supposed to hang out and go shopping together, and, and you're supposed to look out for each other, and if, if Sister Beulah is sick, then somebody's supposed to go over there and give her some lunch and take it to her. And it's, we're supposed to love one another. We're supposed to look out for one another. It's important that we understand the beauty of what it is to love each other, to be always thinking about love, to always be looking, to being the example of it. Christ says in his word, he lets us know that it's by the identifier of love that we are known. It's love in our lives. It's not just a kindness. It's not just shaking somebody's hand. It's not just even simply knowing their name. It's about becoming fellow 
fellowship, having fellowship with one another and loving one another. When the Lord led me to this, I, I saw people that, that feel outcast and don't feel apart or, or don't feel welcome. I, I see people that sometimes in a crowd like this can get lost. People that don't find connection, that don't find friends. I, I Believe it or not, just as important as the word of God that I'm preaching this morning and just as important as our praise and our worship and our discipleship and our classes, just as important as all these things is that we feel the fellowship of the brethren that we feel the fellowship and the friendship and the brotherhood it's important that we love one another that we serve one another that we're about building the kingdom of God through the things that Christ showed us in his word that would identify us as followers of him it's right that we let go of selfishness that we let go of, of, of our own idea of what it is to bring acceptance or denial and rejection into the church. How many of you know it's not our job to reject people? I think this is important that you get this. It's not our job. You are not the Holy Spirit. You are not God's police. There is nowhere in the word where you are, are named sheriff over God's kingdom. It's not up to you to stand behind and watch folks and get your binoculars out and go chasing after people to find out all their sins. If, honey, if the Holy Spirit can't convict and touch a heart, you ain't going to do nothing to change them. It's not your job. And if you and I would get out of our private eye detective mode and we would start getting on our knees and praying for more folks, we would find that there would be a whole lot more Holy Ghost intervention in the lives of our loved ones. It's important that we understand our job is not to reject anyone. That is not our job. The church must be the body of Christ. And he says, I will in no wise cast out anyone who comes to me. Christ looks, seeks out those who need to be saved. He, re he literally works hard in a plan and a strategy to bring people to him. It's important that we preach the word of God. Yes, it's important that we live out a holy and dedicated life. But holiness does not come by your list of rules. Holiness comes through the love of God in your heart and life. That's where you love God. And the love of God is inclusive. The love of God is not exclusive love the love of Christ in your heart is something that literally begins to breed in you and give you this this beautiful awareness of everyone around you and you know what you're supposed to do you know where you're supposed to go it's like it's an amazing thing how the love of God transforms and changes you he wants to lead you and guide you into relationships and into encounters I, I was at I was at uh, um, the New Burlington in Middletown one afternoon, and, and I was coming out, and I'm not saying this to build up Ray Phillips, because it, it, it's about, this, is, this should be normal for us. It's not something to pat somebody on the back with. It should be normal behavior that we do this kind of thing. But this lady was pushing her cart out of Burlington, and she got it stuck, and the box was so big that she couldn't get it out the door. And so I come over to her, and I said, can I help you? And she looked at me, and she goes, oh, yeah, thank you. And I said, sure, and I picked up the box. Of course, I didn't realize it was going to weigh 350 pounds. <laughs> so I picked up the box, and I'm like, oh, no problem. Where's your car? Oh, it's right out here. So, okay, here we go. 
I'm walking with her. The wind is blowing that afternoon, so it's like, you know, I'm doing this. And I'm taking this big old box, and I'm walking out to her car, and she's like, it's just right over, it's just right over. Where's your car? Well, my car's gone. I don't know where my car is. And I'm like, well, what, what, what color is it? She, well, it's a red car. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't see any red cars anywhere. Are you sure? You, where did you park? He said, well, I parked right here. I, I just, I don't know where it's at. Oh, no, my car's been stolen. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm sure it's somewhere. This is a big building. You know, do you have any idea where it might? Well, it might be over here. Okay, let's go over here. So we're walking over here. No, it's not over here. I don't know where my car is. And I'm like, can we stop, please? No, I didn't say that. But I was like, anything to help. <laughs> Finally, I said, you know, there are other exit doors around the other side of the building. Maybe you parked over there. Well, I don't think I did. Well, let's check. <laughs> so we're walking around the building on the outside. The wind is blowing. And I'm like carrying this big, huge box. And we finally get over. And here we are. And she's like, there it is. There's my car. And I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> we get over to the car. And she goes, are you a Christian? I said, yes, I am. I said, as a matter of fact, I'm a pastor. No, no, a pastor carried my box out to my car. Wait till I tell Myrtle. And she's got a friend named Myrtle. And she's like, where do you go to church? Where do you pastor? And I said, Stratford Heights Church of God. I'm Church of God. I said, you are, no way. Yes, I am. Can I put the box down now, please? <laughs> We get the box in, and she's like crying. She's like, oh, she hugs me, and we're hugging out in the parking lot. I'm like, oh, this is great. This is awesome. Praise God. And she goes, isn't it just like God to send a Church of God pastor to carry my box out to my car? I said, he's so God. He's so awesome. He's God. Showing this amazing love of Christ. I do believe the Lord led me to her. I believe the Lord worked that out. I'm telling you, the love of the, the body of Christ, the love of the power of God at work in our hearts should be so evident wherever we go. People see us and it, it transforms them. The Bible says they'll believe. John, John 17, where Jesus was praying, he said, Lord, I, Father, I pray that they will become one as you and I are one. And so that they will know that you have sent me. It's in the love of your heart that the world will look at you and they'll know that Christ came to the earth through the love they see. So the love that you got can't just be neighborly. It's got to be family. It's got to be real. It's got to be deep. And it's got to be something that transforms those around you. You've got to have the love, the love of God that will clear you and sanctify you and cause you to walk a, a holy walk. You know, we got too many folks trying to live out their own salvation. Somebody says, well, Pastor, you know what the Word says. It says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. There ain't a whole lot of fear and trembling going on. A lot of folks like to work out their salvation, but they're not working it out and following the whole of Scripture that says in the very next verse, for it is God who is working in you. Yeah. 
In other words, what we're working out in us is surrender, abandoning ourselves to the purposes and the plan of God, being so committed and dedicated to that that we absolutely live it out in our lives in every way. Peter is calling us in this scripture text that I read to you. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren. He says, love one another fervently with a pure heart. If this church will do what it needs to do, if we'll, we've been given opportunities, we've been given the tools necessary to, to change and transform the kingdom of God in this, in this city, in this community. And I pray over it. I weep over it. I hurt over it. I think, God, we can't just carry on business as usual. I mean, we're going to have this brand new tool, this brand new ministry center that's going to be there. No longer do the kids have to stack up on top of the other kids and the Wednesday night and the family night and, and the, the Sunday school and the youth department. We don't have to. We, we've been doing this for 25 years so much that we walk out into a place like we're building and we almost feel like, are we allowed to do this? Because we've stacked ourselves on top of each other. Five, six, seven ministries stacked for 25 years. We don't know what to do with the idea that we'll have space and places for ministry. We're thankful, but we're also humble about it because we, we've never had it before. It's going to set us free. But I look at it and I think, God, we must be surrendered to your work and your will. We must know how you want us to do this. Lord, how will we propagate this? How in the world will we strategize this kind of ministry? And how will it happen? And he just keeps coming back to me over and over again with the simple words, love one another. If your people will learn to love, if they will go beyond acquaintance, if they will go beyond just sitting on a pew on Sunday and going to church, if they will start to allow me to work in them. There will be ladies with boxes at your store. There will be people waiting for service everywhere you go. God is looking for us to become his hands extended. He wants us to become his voice. He wants us to become his image and face to people when we meet them on the street. He is looking to save. He's looking to bring an answer. They're out there dying. The terrorism is horrible. The violence is horrendous. It's horrific when you look out these doors. And we've got it right here in our own community. We've got so much terrorism on different levels. It was just in Warren County that we had this terrorist attack the other evening. Telling you, the world is searching desperately for an answer, and we, we sing about it. We come to church and we, we preach about it, and we have our own ideas about it. But I'm telling you, the Lord wants to go face to face with this world. He wants us to look them right in the eye and show them not our kindness, but show them His powerful, transforming love. The love that changed us is the love that needs to work in changing their lives. And it's supernatural love. That's why we've got to be careful to reach out to one another. We've got to be careful to love one another. If we have problems accepting one another in our own congregation, how in the world will we ever go out there and be a light and a minister and a ministry to others? 
I'm telling you, it's important that I know you. It's important that you know that as pastor, I love you, and I love your family, and I look out for you. It's good, Adele, that I know who you are, and that you and I share in brotherhood and fellowship together. It's right that we begin to understand we have a job to do. I want us to really become the church that Jesus built, the church that they said they had all things in common, and they sought out fellowship with one another. I'm telling you, it's time for us to really, really understand what it means to serve one another and love one another fervently with a good heart and a pure heart and a sincere heart before God and allow ourselves to become the light to the city that we need to be because that is the gospel being preached. Love of God, loving one another, loving our families, loving husbands, love your wives. Can I get an amen right there? Husbands, love your wives. It begins there. Never forget visiting a church when I was in college, the Inman Street Church of God, if you ever know anything about Inman Street, you know it's an African-American congregation. I walked in on that Sunday morning, and I loved it. I had a great time. They danced. They danced to do the offering. They danced to sing every song. It was crazy. It was awesome. It was great. This little lady with a blue hat was sitting in front of me, and I liked her because every time the preacher said anything, she'd say, mm-hmm, well, and he'd say, we're going to turn to the Scripture. And she said, mm-hmm, we're going to turn to the Scripture. Say, I want everybody to stand. She said, stand up. <laughs> she just talked back. He kept, he kept saying, now we're going to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. She said, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And she's doing this. And he said, we're going to talk about the love. And she said, mm-hmm, going to talk about the love. And she's just going on and on, and it was awesome, beautiful. I loved her. She kept looking back at me and smiling and waving. I was like waving. Loved her little blue hat. She was so pretty. And she's sitting there, and all of a sudden, the pastor says, husbands? She said, mm-hmm, husbands. <laughs> he said, love your own wives as Christ loved the church. And she said, mm-hmm, love your own wives. <laughs> <laughs> love your own wives. I thought that was so amazing. It was so good. Man, it's time for it to begin in the house, man. It starts at the house. Don't be fighting and fussing in the car all the way to church and then put on your little Jesus face when you get here. Man, it's time for you over your cereal at the house to start being nice and friendly. It's time for you to start showing that the king of the world, the universe, came down and filled your life and transformed you and turned you into a brand new creature. He didn't save you in your sin. He saved you from your sin. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. It's time to start living like it and acting like it and loving like it. Time to start loving like it. I'll say it again. Time to start loving like it. There ain't nothing worse than coming in church. Now, I'm not saying this is our church, and I hope it isn't. Y'all have been real nice to me, most of you, are real friendly to me most every time I see you. There's not, there'd be nothing worse than someone coming into our church and getting a snub nose. Are you going to sit there? I've been sitting there since 1994. Well, move over. <laughs> Ain't nothing worse than coming into the house of God and not feeling accepted, not feeling like you're part, not feeling like you belong. There ain't nothing uglier than that. There ain't nothing uglier than that. Don't want anyone to ever come in this church and feel like they don't belong, like they're not welcome, 
I don't want, I've had people come up to me and I've been just chit-chatting and talking at the altar and, and they'll come up and, and they'll just, they'll, oh, you're, you're, you're talking. I'll be like, get over here. You come on, you in this group, you can come up in this group. There ain't no special group over here. You come over here and you talk to us. I respect it. I understand they're not wanting to interrupt, but at the same time, I want there to be such an all-inclusive love in this church that we that people come in here and say, man, that's the friendly. I don't know what it is. There's love in that church. There's love in that church. It's a beautiful thing. It's amazing. I want friends. I want friendship here. I want us to love one another with fervently, with a heart of God. You see, Jesus, wherever Jesus went, Jesus would... People would flock all around him. He spoke things, and it was amazing the way that people would just couldn't, his words, they'd say, did you hear him? Did you hear him talking? Well, when he speaks, it's like fire. You can, it just burns in my own heart when I hear him. That, that kind of power. See, what's cool about it is God tells us in his word, he says, that that salvation experience has come into our lives. The power and that that. that furnace of love has literally filled our hearts and we become like him we begin to look like him act like him walk like him talk like him people don't have to be afraid of you they don't have to feel awkward around you god isn't he, i'm telling you he wants us to be conformed into his image some people can i just say this and i won't get run out the side door i'm gonna close some people are weird Stop being weird. Oh, I'm anointed now. Stop being weird. Get in the altar and let God conform you and change you into a good personality. Some of you, some of us get quirky and we get weird. And it's time for us to stop being weird. We need to allow the Lord to transform and change our lives to where we're friendly and we're good and we're, we talk good and we have a good attitude and we're not people that live out our own lives. In, in light of our salvation, we are to reflect the image of Christ. We're to look more like him, John, every single day. I'm doing, I'm trying my best. I'm giving my best effort to just surrendering because I know it's not in me trying to be like Jesus. It's in me surrendering to Jesus. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice unto God, which is your reasonable, reasonable, acceptable purpose in the that is our heart's desire, to truly let God shine through us. It's allow, if we want to build a congregation, if we want to build the kingdom in Middletown, if we want to take proper use of all of the activities and the, the ministry centers that God has given to us, if we want to move to Clayton Street and we really want to reach out to the city, we're going to have to love some people that don't smell very good all the time, that are involved in all kinds of sin, that are lost and they're, they're, they're liars and they're cheaters and they'll steal from you if you leave your purse out. They'll take it just as sure as the day. Why do we get so uptight about lost people acting like lost people? we got to remember they're lost. and We've come with a message. So secure your belongings and go in there with your heart ready and flamed up, ready to minister to people and love people so that they can have the same opportunity to be transformed and changed that you have. 
Because you were once where they were, and God has set you free. And I want God to set them free. And it won't happen if we stay up here on the hill. We've got to get out and go down there where they're hurting and let God use us. Can you say amen? Stand with me this morning. Love one another. Love one another. Say it again. Love one another. As Christ has loved you, so you ought to love one another. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, I would first challenge our church. I would challenge us to a sincere, pure, earnest, committed love we're called to love to reflect the character of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ we're called to reflect his character and I would challenge us as a church to truly understanding this new commandment to go deeper the old commandment said love your neighbor as yourself Jesus said love them like I love you gave his life he he was weary he was tired he made sacrifice he went where they were he ate with them he walked with them and talked with them he shared with them himself he sought them Jesus says it's time the new commandment is go deeper go deeper I pray for us as a congregation that we'll all get this, that we'll all become servants, that there'll be so many folks opening up doors for folks that nobody will know who to walk through. Somebody has to walk through the door because there's so many folks that are holding it open. I pray people will give up seats and ask others to help to have their seed. I, I pray that we'll, we'll find ways to serve one another in our community. Maybe somebody's grass needs cut and you heard about it and you go over and just do it. Maybe we'll, we'll find folks, our friends at, at Kroger's or wherever we see them, and instead of avoiding them, we'll literally seek them out and, and we'll try to talk to them and share with them and pray with them. Maybe they need prayer right there that day. We're asking you, Lord, show us how to love like you love. We're to love not like neighbors. We're to love like brothers and sisters. We're to love with an intense love, a fervent love, you said, a pure love. So touch us this morning as we receive that instruction and that challenge, for that's what will touch our community. That's what will change our community. I don't want anyone to ever walk in here and say, well, I couldn't even find a seat. Nobody would scoot over. I, don't want, I can't go to that church. You see where they looked at us? I don't want that ever to be said of this church. I pray, God, you will help us. Speak to us. Lord, my longing in my heart this morning is that we will be a church of love, that we be a church of compassion, that we be a church that serves one another. Touch us as a congregation. And, Lord, I pray if there's anyone today that is not, have not yet experienced the love of Jesus in their lives, that, Lord, they would come to know you in this hour. I pray that, God, they would be ready to receive you as Savior. Maybe they've heard negative. Maybe they've seen negative in the church all their lives, and they're suddenly touched by the fact that this message, this gospel message is for transformation and change to, to bring acceptance and love and warmth into their life. Maybe they're here today, and they need that. They desire that, and you're speaking to them through your Holy Spirit. I 
pray they'll accept you today. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you are here today and you don't know Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity to receive him right now. We're going to pray a prayer in just a few moments, and I say this often. It's not the prayer in and of itself that will save you. It's the, the heart, what comes from your heart. We can speak words till we're blue in the face, but if it comes from our hearts, then we know, our family knows, our friends know, we really mean it. If you speak this prayer from your heart, Christ will know that you want him in your life. You need him in your life. So if you're here today and you'd like to pray that prayer, would you just slip up your hand and write back down? I want to pray that prayer this morning. Pastor, someone got saved at the 830 service. Is there anyone here that would accept Jesus in your life? three. God bless you. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Anyone else? I want to accept the Lord in my life this morning, Pastor. I need it. I need him. Anyone else? All right. These that have lifted your hands, thank you so much. The congregation gets the awesome privilege of escorting you right into the presence of God. What an honor it is for us to be able to pray with you today. We're going to pray, and as we do, congregation, would you help me? Let's pray together. Just recite this with me from your heart, and it'll change your whole life. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. I declare you are Lord. Be the Lord of my life. You're the Son of God. You died on the cross for me. You rose again. You purchased my salvation. So I come to you this morning to be saved. I believe this in my heart. I confess it with my mouth. So according to your word, I'm a Christian. I'm saved. Help me to be strong. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Melissa Grawl right here, lift your hand, Melissa. Melissa's our discipleship pastor. She's going to be in the lobby today. Three of you that lifted your hand, if you would go by there and let her give you a Bible. Let her talk to you for a few moments, make connection with you. She's not going to ask anything from you. She just wants to give you some resource and help you get established in your walk with Christ. So go by and see them. Thank you. Congregation, we'll be back here tonight at 6 o'clock. We're going to be preaching. And the message is going to be powerful, and I'm believing God's going to touch lives. God bless you this afternoon. Have a wonderful day. Bless the Lord.